Here we go. All right. Oh my God. We're back. Here we are. The Dirty Stay Outs. Getting ready to bring you everything that you've come to love about every single one of us. We've got the Michelle. Who else we got out there, fellas? Tell them what you got. Yo, 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 yo. This is Matt Woodland. What's what's good, everybody? How you doing, Michelle? I'm doing wonderful. Thank you for asking, Matthew. I hope you're yo, staying yo, safe. Yo, 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 yo. Well, I've got Ryan Arnold here, ready to stay out despite the increment weather. That's what I'm talking about, right now. That's what makes you dirty. That's what makes us dirty stay outs, right now. Yeah, I'll get a tent. I don't care. I'll get a, I'll get a, two tents. Whatever you do, don't go inside. You stay the fuck out. Yeah. I'm going to censor myself this whole episode. And people will wonder. They'll be like, oh, shit. Did I accidentally buy the clean version of this podcast? <laughs> and, uh, we're all of a, a similar age. Do you guys remember? Uh, did you ever accidentally buy the clean version of a CD from like a local department oh. store and take it yes. home and then say, I might as well just throw this in the garbage? Yep. Oh, the worst. What, I'll say, though, this on that note. There is one song that I always, to this day, much prefer the the radio edited version. Oh. And uh, that would be Adidas by Korn. Uh I don't know if you guys relate to that. I thought it was so (laughs) stupid how he says the word fuck. Fucking. It was just like, ew, Johnny. Because like they just like mix it up and it sounds so, in my humble opinion, maybe it doesn't sound cool anymore. But they would just like in that song, they would just go... And just like do this really cool like that sounds more like that sounds devil's work just the f word in like a melodic uh tone is just like that's a little more uh tip tipper gore friendly frankly you're talking about like a backwards taking the vocals and playing them backwards or yeah like a speaking in tongues like a like a yeah a la ozzy uh shoot uh shoot 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 or was that kiss that's that's ozzy a little suicide solution that's the one Mm. nice Oh, right. baby. Hey, but it's like we always say, hey, you got to be out to stay out, man. That's right. I do always say that. Right. Patent pending. Yeah. Copyright. Put it on T-shirts. <laughs> yeah. Hey, dirty stay out. I've been staying uh, out since I was five years old, and that's no damn lie. I snuck out of the house at five years, five years old, to buy cigarettes for my mother at the local convenience store. And they wouldn't sell them to me. You believe that? <laughs> That's so cool. yeah, I heard about little kids buying cigarettes for their parents is like a thing that I don't think has worked since the 70s. Maybe, you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. I love that. I, I love in it. Whenever it's depicted like in period piece movies or something, the extent of like the, um, the litmus test is like the, the, the little girl will come up and like by the, the, she'll put like a note up to like the counter and the guy will look at the note and then just like look at her like peculiarly and just like look back at the note, look at her and then always make the decision. Oh yeah, no problem. Here's your cognac. Here's your Valium, whatever you need, (laughs) whatever you need little. It's like, what is he trying to like, (laughs) like, is he trying to look at this girl's like, is this a narc? Like what what is he trying to like uh, discern? (laughs) Are you part of the police force? Like on Queen's Gambit, there was a scene like that where she went to go get her mother's like, I don't know. Like pills, they were just like these really strong pills, and they just gave it to her. Sign note: Here you go, honey. They were like narcotics. 
Michelle, I have a confession that yeah. what I just described, I tried to play it off like it was just like a thing that happens all the time in like old movies, but literally I was only describing that Kim's, uh, Queen's Gambit uh, scene and you and just you, busted me. I did. You know what? You call me out on everything. So I was just like, maybe I stand a snowball's chance in hell in uh, calling him out on this. You're the Joe Rogan to my Carlos Mencia. <laughs> Whoa! Shots fired. Those are shots fired, aren't those? That's shots fired. And I'm gonna steal Ryan Arnold's uh, cool build a wall uh, joke. All right. <laughs> All right, guys. Listen, I think this is the time of the evening where I think I want to hear a little bit about your week. And I know I throw you guys um, under the bus. So who wants to start? And if nobody wants to start, I'll tell you about my week because you know I've got a lot to say. What's going? Talk on? about your week. In other words, I love it. Yeah. Talk about your week. Michelle. Matt. Do me the favor of talking about your week. To Turn me. it around. Oh, yeah. Right. We'll talk. All right. Give her a taste you know, of her own medicine. Oh, no, no. Don't threaten me with a good time. Let's do this. I'm ready. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> do we stay out after dark? Ooh, la, la. Ooh. To quote the great Matt Woodland, having a good time, having a bad time. I think that kind of uh, describes a little bit of of my week, my last week. I had a I had a good week. It ended poorly because I found out that two of my good friends tested positive for the COVID. Damn, so, son. Yeah, I, I don't have anything to worry about because I didn't have close contact with them, but I still worry about them. You know, you have to, you know, it's really, when something really happens that close to you, like, I freaked out because I just, you think about what's going to happen and everything, but thankfully they're going to be okay. And I've just been playing mom and running around and getting them medicine and food and doing whatever to help nice. take care of them but that's really nice that was a it's little kinda... it was a little tough to deal with but i i've been doing this thing where anytime i get some stuck in my head i go for a walk around northampton i'm like i'm freaking walking my ass off like i took it like i was walking yesterday for at least over an hour and just aimlessly just because you, you know when you get so much in your head you've got stuff just kind of like rolling around in there and you don't have anybody really that you can throw it by so you just gotta do whatever you gotta do. So I had a, I went for walks. I took some walks. But given that now, I'm gonna segue into this piece. This is the great part about my week. And I feel kind of shallow going from that to this. Okay. But the sake of uh they are okay. They're gonna be okay. They're healthy, they're good and well. So I'm very fortunate and lucky that they're they're gonna be okay. Um, thoughts and prayers. Thoughts and prayers, definitely. Yeah, I've been praying for them every night. Ts and peas. I've been yeah. thinking about them. Yeah. Yeah, that's it. And I check on it. I know they get annoyed with me when I check on them because like I said, I'm probably being like a helicopter friend, but better have somebody that shows you that they care about you than not, I say. But uh, but now into the good stuff. So we got rid of the bad stuff. Let's get into the good stuff. I have officially lost 35 pounds. I'm a 35 Holy pound fucking week. shit. Yes. And I uh, am going from wearing a size extra large top to medium, and the medium is even a little, and I've dropped three pant sizes. And I hate shopping for pants because I'm such an oddly shaped, not oddly shaped girl, but I'm little, like I'm what you call petite. So like my feet, I have to shop at like fucking Oshkosh Bagosh for kids or whatever, because my legs are so little and I, but nice. yeah. Now, I almost found that 35 pounds this weekend when I attempted to make my very first bolognese pasta sauce. I don't know if you guys, do you guys know oh. what bolognese is? Are you saying bolognese? Bologna, right? Yeah. 
<laughs> but yeah, it sounded like, yeah, it sounded like you said full. Yeah, is that just yeah, French, French, uh, some Oscar Mayer goes French. I don't Top know. quality bologna. Thank you. Top shelf. It's How did you say it? How did you say was, it, Matthew? I always said it, um, bolognese. I, I don't know. I is said it, it been... however, I've said it, it never sounded like because it sounded like you said bologna, my friend. Yeah, did it really, even with my loud yeah. microphone? Hence the uh, the the inspiration for uh, Ryan's cool joke that I, I also attempted to do a joke like that, but it was uh, slightly worse. But uh, that's mm. those, these are the roles we play. These yeah. are the roles we play. Okay, so bolognese continue. Bolognese not, has nothing to do with bologna. Bolognese. It's essentially basically carrots, mm -hmm. onions, beef, and everything fried up in pork fat. So basically, you take pancetta. You sizzle it up, you get all the pork fat, and then you cook meat in it, and then you cook other stuff in it, and then you add tomato stuff, and it's just like this super rich sauce. And I'm one person, so now I've got 10 servings of it in my refrigerator, so I'll find that 35 pounds. That's my point. But uh, I also want to get nerdy because the, another good thing about my weekend was that I right. have a butcher. I officially have a butcher. It makes me feel like a grown-up to say that I have a butcher because I've always wanted a butcher. Now, and Michelle... Yes, Matthew. Is he anything like Sam the Butcher to you? Are you the <laughs> oh. Alice Sam? Do we smell uh, romance in the air, my friend? Uh, Not little, at all. Uh, a little <laughs> uh, 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 she sheep shank? No, that's a knot. I, I don't know any cuts of meat. So Rib eye, oh. right? That's one, I think. <laughs> you know, there you go. Right. Inner thigh, uh, supple nipple. Is that a cut of meat? <laughs> Cow butt. Uh. Pork butt, right? This one. <laughs> <laughs> Give me a cow butt, pork butt, genitalia, a chicken. Oh butt. my god! Give, give me one of each butt, please. <laughs> <laughs> Lots of butt. I've heard a yeah. For me and butts, it's always quantity over quality. How many nice. butts you got, girl? How many inches of butt you got? You working with? Mm -hmm. And then well, the next okay, guy so comes in after you, and he's like, "I want a pork butt," and be like, "Oh, sorry that." Uh, Michelle, just clean me, clean out of, I'm um, clean out of butts. I took all your rumps. I took your butts and your rumps. Rump taker. Make, rump taker. <laughs> Heartbreaker, <laughs> rump taker. I'll make you a bologna mayonnaise sandwich though. Mmm, bolognese. <laughs> boy, oh boy. So any, the two the married gentlemen that I talked to who were married, Ooh. my two butchers are married with families. To each Sexy. other. Ooh, no. la, la. That would be Menage a Michelle, anyone? <laughs> <laughs> Only in Northampton can you find a quality butcher shop run by two gay butchers who are married to each other. But they, they make the best uh bolognese in the in the county. Gentlemen? Bolognese. Sorry, I meant that which is lemonade but made uh out of bologna. You got to squeeze a lot of bologna to get one pitcher of bolognese. <laughs> Ryan, that's ridiculous. First of all, they're not married to each other. I just wanted to stop that train. Individually married. Oh, yeah. now we're talking about pulling a train? Chugga, chugga, Michelle. <laughs> oh, my good lord. Oh, boy. Let me ask you this. Call me a madman, but does the carpet match the Don Draper? That doesn't <laughs> <laughs> why would it that doesn't make any sense matthew michelle i feel That's like there's why a small, it's funny 
I feel like there's a small chance that we've been interjecting on your story. And uh, so please, uh, I would like to extend you this olive branch of the floor. Matthew, you always do the right thing. For two I want to move from the bed down to the down, yeah. to, down to the floor. I want to. <laughs> it's got a timeline. There's right. a timeline. There's the timeline right there. I promise no more ludicrous. Michelle, you have the floor. <laughs> Still don't trust him at all. Um, anyways, I, this is now you guys are just like, you're being hilarious. And all I'm going to do is bore you and tell you that I talked to the guy about how to properly boil pasta. Yeah, I'll and... say you did. <laughs> <laughs> Stop it. No, really. The most, the, okay. I don't want to say in case, I don't think they listen to the podcast. They don't know anything about me. They don't know anything about me. Hey, baby, how are we going to make this noodle al dente, no. if you know what I mean? Oh, my God. All right. I, that's Come on. I promise you that this has been very rude, and that has been my last comment. No, I don't think so. So I'm going to make my, I'm going to make this quick now. All right. Before Matt <laughs> says anything else, they also told me that their beef is better than grocery store meat, and they have a sign that says grocery store meat is like, is, is like a carbon bathtub. So I'm like, I don't know what it means, but I think it's funny that you have it there. So that's why, also why you're my butcher. But anyways, it was a great day. I got to talk about good things. It made me happy, whatever. Lastly, I bought a coffee maker for the fungalo. I think Ooh. I only have a few seconds before you say something. I bought a coffee maker for the fungalo. Here's what I know. I don't know how to make coffee because I had literally been overdosing on caffeine. I looked it up. I would sit at my desk when I was working and all of a sudden I'd start feeling super feverish. It's not enough to just feel shaky when you've had too much coffee. I feel feverish. I actually start to sweat and I was starting to feel a little dizzy in my head. And I'm like, am I starting to get something? And it made me really nervous. Mm -hmm. So I actually went online and it's a real thing. Like you can have too much caffeine and it can cause negative, like harmful side of like right there, harmful side effects. And I was just having two cups of coffee, but I was making it too strong because I don't know how to make coffee. I have been having a really similar, in fact, in my notes of what I wanted to talk about, the second one says, coffee slash meth functional difference because i wrote i wrote these uh notes during the day and i also find that i i get way too caffeinated and it doesn't stop me from consuming more and i wonder is this is there a a cumulative effect on your nervous system when you're just because usually by noon i got a a, a real like you know where you're vibrating and you're mm -hmm. just uh walking all over the place and one time i went to urgent care with like a neuropathy and i was like i drink a lot of coffee do you think that could should i try drinking less coffee and i swear the doctor that was on call at the urgent care at cooley dickinson said how much coffee are you drinking? And I said, I don't know, like maybe two or three cups a day. And the doctor says, uh, if anything, I think you should be having more caffeine than that. Uh, <laughs> what? <laughs> I don't, he, he might've been a janitor, but <laughs> he, had, he had a doctor's coat on. He had one of those stethoscope things. He had a golf bag that was monogrammed and had Looney Tunes characters on top of the cozies so i i trusted him call me crazy hey who was at the dr house maxwell house <laughs> Matthew, you've done it again thank you i'll be quiet for the rest of the pod don't because you come up with humdingers like that matt you need to time it do you say, do you say humdingers? humdingers i sure did i no, said humdingers that's, that's what you and the uh butchers were up to the other night oh snap 
<gasps> hey, but Michelle. Matthew. Um, <laughs> I relate to this. I want to relate to this coffee uh, topic that we have. <laughs> um, oh, I wonder if this will be the, I have to stop. Whenever I get excited about, could this be the uh, impending top? But I don't, I don't want to ruin it by saying that. I did <laughs> used to get, I used to did get, um, I had to stop all caffeine at one point for heart palpitations that the doctor truly did say was related to uh, the caffeine that I was drinking. And then um, I remember, have you guys ever quit caffeine as an adult? It is, it's amazing. It's, it's amazing how there's quickly, there is like literally there's nothing to look forward to ever. It's everything. It's, it's, it could, because it's like when you're a kid, all you do is look forward to like, all right, how many days is my birthday away? How many days is Christmas? As an adult, you realize, oh no, the magic is gone, but at least I can drink coffee tomorrow morning, or I can drink a coffee again a little bit later. Or if I play my cards right, I can drink coffee as long as it's before 8 p.m. You don't have any, like, you don't have those little, like, small missions of life anymore. So it's like, I guess I could gather together a five-year plan, but, like, what's the point? It's like, is there anything, there's, like, that's really the reward. Like, you think, like, the pursuit of sex, the pursuit of, like, fame, but it's just that feeling of, like, that first initial zippity zap. Mm-hmm. There are a lot of days I don't even know why I would get up or I know why I would get up, but I don't know how I would find the motivation to get up except for I know that I have to get up to make coffee. When when you gave up the caffeine, did you find yourself trying to substitute like because uh, I've tried a little bit and I, I think like, oh, I'm just going to I'm going to start drinking a tea. I'm going to I'm going to get right. into decaf coffee because I think how, you know, I don't know that it's the caffeine that I'm really getting off on. Must I just like the taste of a nice warm cup of coffee to start the day but when i try a decaf coffee i feel like it sure it looks like a cup of coffee and it smells like a cup of coffee but it's like uh if you were to make love to somebody who you really loved and cared about but they had died <laughs> you know oh like it, it still looks like them but it's actually yeah. a shallow husk that is not them anymore that's what decaf coffee is like yeah I mean, it's still hot and bitter, but. Oh, Jesus. That. I've, right. Yeah, it is. Yeah, drinking. Because, like, for all intents and purposes, if you're drinking decaf coffee, you're just trying to quench your thirst with hot, dirty water, which is, it's absolutely yeah. crazy. It's, there's no, there's, <laughs> it's obviously. But I did actually, I did try to switch to, yeah, like, I tried to, like, do all the workarounds like much how like alcoholics will try to like still like drink like a whole bunch of kombucha or whatever so like they'll try to find like some weird loophole or whatever but yeah i would just i remember at one point i would just chug a lug the honest tea and then i would start i would feel violently nauseous and then i discovered maybe it was the green tea but whatever it's like if you have a lot of this tea on an empty stomach you're gonna get sick dog and uh mm -hmm. i was no exception my friend Green tea is no it, exception. Green tea will do that to you. And green tea tastes like manure. I don't know what the allure is about drinking green tea, but ugh. But when I was skipping, when I was done with caffeine, I was actually, I was like trying to find something completely different to drink in the morning. Like I try to get myself excited about having a seltzer first thing. Mm. And uh, I would crack up my coworkers and I would crack open the can and go, oh, it's Miller time. 
and everybody would laugh. But it's a dumb joke. That's a funny oh, yeah. like work joke. Yeah, that's it. I that's was really good. good at like the corny. When I was in that office, man, that was my Caesar's Palace. Fucking corny work jokes all the time. They love me for it. I'm a you legend. Like you would be a fun coworker to have. Ryan, that's just the tip of the iceberg. If you go to my place of business and you say, do you know Michelle Tellerico? I don't even want to tell you what they're going to say. Because it's just boastful at this point. Wow. You do seem like a quintessential uh, like office character. Like I don't exactly know what role, but yeah, you're, you definitely would be, you, you, you somehow, you're not you specifically, but you, we, like they would always need a Michelle type. Like, okay, we're going to need to get a Michelle type for this office. Yeah. <sighs> you know, without sounding full of myself, Matt, I think you got something there because I am pretty fun. Uh, fun as we were raising money for, because we do a, a fundraiser for the Cancer Walk at UMass every year. And to raise money in our building, I signed up with the team to go around and sing karaoke to all my coworkers. So I brought my microphone and I had like a little pack and I would bust into people's offices and just start singing to them. And like oh, yeah. the president of the credit union, I went into her office and she and I both like uh, Pat Benatar. So I went in there and I sang her Pat Benatar for karaoke. Nobody wanted me there. Nobody wanted me there, but they paid me mm. to get me out of their office. That was the idea is I won't leave until you give me money for the fundraiser. Ooh, that's a great idea. That's something we should co-opt. That's kind of like, you're kind of like a one woman Waco. <laughs> what? Okay. Yeah. I'll take that, Matt. I'll take that David no follow-up description. Yeah. Michelle Koresh. You got it, baby. I know Who's I next? couldn't What's think up? of a play on words there. Do it. Do <laughs> it, Ryan. I was gonna say more like Michelle's so fresh. Yo, yeah, Ryan. So true. Truth, that is true. I am so damn fresh. In fact, I already know <laughs> on my funeral, the song that I want my funeral when I die is gonna be a dance party. And guess what song they're gonna play by my own request at my funeral? And it's gonna be on a loop. What? So it's just gonna play the whole time over and over. Oh, there's a, that's a good top five right there. Yep. But what, what's oh, your... there you go. Maybe I, maybe we should maybe we should save it. Top what five death songs. I would have a hard time putting it down to just five. I got like a real long list. I'll say, <laughs> I'll, I'll say it right here. If I die, there's already a playlist on my, on my phone. But it's gotten so long because it, it. I think it started off as a funeral playlist and then became like a a soundtrack. Oh my God, Ryan. It sounds like something we should be a little concerned about though. No, I had a, uh, a great uncle who, uh, who was kind of a, a bad guy. He was from Arkansas and I'm pretty sure he was in the Ku Klux Klan. Mm. And he had these black cowboy boots that were made out of elephant skin, even though that's super illegal. And I met him after hearing about him my whole life and knowing that we had a, a great uncle who came from Arkansas who was in the Klan, didn't like that. But he, <laughs> I, I, I met him and he had a cassette tape that he kept in the breast pocket of his jacket. And he said, when I die, this is a mixtape that I keep with me, that I take everywhere. And this is what they're gonna play at my funeral. It was all like country <laughs> Western music. And I was like, you know what? I don't agree with almost anything that's come out of your uh stupid mouth but <laughs> i can get down with a everybody should have a, a funeral playlist because otherwise they're just gonna play uh hymns and mm. uh and who who likes those nobody i want to i want to hear that uh uh you put the lime in the coconut 
Okay. Nice. Now we really. I want around the way girl by LL Cool J. That's gonna be my fucking jam. And I want. I want like a pink Kanga hat and everything. Like, I just want my like casket graffitied all cool and everything. Just like make it a dance party. Make it fun. When have I ever been a somber individual? When I have I ever been less than totally see like break dancing in front of your in front of the casket? Like like people would all, you know, walk up and they there would be cardboard boxes flattened up and set up in front of the <laughs> casket and everybody would be a line of mourners and everybody would do a little break dance and then and then move out. Noted. Noted. I'm gonna have the best funeral now. Thanks, Ryan. No problem. Cool. All right. <laughs> wants to go next guys tell me what's going on what's going on with your weeks talk to me talk about your week okay ryan do you have something (laughs) (laughs) you're always telling other people to go i'll talk about my week but i think it's i think ryan it's ryan's turn i'm gonna i'm gonna go because i i feel like i have something that relates to michelle some of the things that you were saying because uh as many people in this this first part of the first month of the next year, I'm trying to get it together. I'm trying to get it back yeah. on the rails. I'm trying to exercise more. I'm trying to eat healthier. I mm-hmm. was trying I was trying to figure out how to motivate myself, and I wonder if I hadn't been trying to motivate myself with positive reinforcement too much. You know, maybe I need mm-hmm. some negative reinforcement because you gotta try to find the full gamut, right? And because I I. Uh, it's, it's hard to force yourself to exercise. So I took a Sharpie this morning when I got up and I wrote on the tops of my, my two feet, you're fat. No, <laughs> <laughs> oh, Ryan. I was no. actually just, I'm, I'm glad you said it because I was just thinking that myself. <laughs> P-H-A-T, Michelle. Hello. Okay, okay. Now we're talking. <laughs> I was like, I, I wonder if I can uh, positive shame myself into really <laughs> good shape. You know, when you get to yeah. the age where you're no longer, it's not that you want to photograph better. It's not that you're going to be in Playgirl magazine or Playboy magazine if you're, if you're a lady. It's sure. that the, <laughs> uh, the extra uh, uh, like mushiness that is on your body is uh is just too much to carry carry around anymore mm-hmm. so yeah. it's either it's either negative reinforcement or uh plastic surgery but i'm saving up money to get my nose turned into a toucan beak <laughs> yeah that's now that's plastic surgery that's worthwhile man so the they're you- great <laughs> Wait, no, that's that's not the right mascot. Sorry, 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 sorry. I find just that, off like, here, just a little the, off. the first part of the day, it's so easy to have, like, I, I can exercise and eat well in the first part of the day. And then the second part of the day, like, at night, everything just falls apart. And I'm like, um, they call me uh, a handful of breakfast cereals, Jones. Like right, <laughs> right, right. I was just thinking that. <laughs> I was just thinking that myself. Oh. I, um, that's actually, that's, it, I feel like we're all kind of on this, um, this weight loss jag in a way, because I've been secretly, I've been doing, I've, I actually, uh, I, I accidentally was watching some community a couple months ago and I was, ch- and Joel McHale is often shirtless in that show. And I decided to challenge myself 
and this is a crazy idea and it'll never happen. And I think it's impossible, especially with my body type. And also, I don't even know if this really exists in real life outside of Hollywood, but I challenged myself to the six pack challenge. <laughs> I am making a, a specific concerted effort to for the first time in my entire life. And I only need it for one day to have a legitimate six pack. And I'm not trying to make, it doesn't need to be sexy. It doesn't need to be hot, but there just needs to be discernible lumps on my belly. And right now I have two divots and then a big fat belly, but I feel like I'm on the, I'm on the road to a success. <laughs> also, I don't know how to get a six pack. What is the special occasion that it's like a one day only? Like what's the special occasion? Hitler's birthday. Well, I, yeah, it's <laughs> <laughs> for my birthday some lady is gonna be is the my gift to them i'll be giving the gift of my six-pack for some lucky lady to swoon is it lady michelle is a six-pack uh in just sort of like an isolated six-pack like just like hey, look at this. And just like somebody pulls up their like shirt just high enough only to reveal one, two, three, four, five, six packs, individual uh, <laughs> packs. Is that a swoon? Is that swoon worthy? Yes. Okay. Uh, but but uh, hold on. I want to say this. It's the definition. It, it's not the quantity. It's the quality of the pack. So it's okay if you have like just, I'm going to say just in general, like the six, but make them tight, like pronounced. They got to be pronounced. Because when, like Mark Wahlberg, for example, and I'm using him as an example because he comes to mind because he's the guy that's always pulling it up and he's got those. Yeah. He's got those. Oh yeah, yeah. Good I would do my laundry on his stomach. Right. Good. Hey, Michelle, this is all. I, this is all I want. I want this to happen. When okay. I pull up this six pack live on the pod, I want you to say it's Miller time. <laughs> I will. You got it, man. <laughs> the, sh the champagne of abs. <laughs> Toasting ya. Na, na, well, na, 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 na. Sorry, okay. <laughs> Jesus. Well, talk good. about I... your week. Do you want me to talk about my week, Michelle? Is that what you're I trying do, to tell Matthew. me? I Matthew. I want you to talk about your week now. You got a cranberry well, been... lime there? Is that a... This is a, yeah, uh, fun-size cranberry lime uh, seltzer. It looks like fun. Why does, okay, why do fun sizes have to be small? Like, if it's fun, isn't it big? Like, if there's nothing in this world, like, if I saw... If I saw an inflatable slide outside my door and it was enormous, I'd be like, that looks like so much fun. But if it were a smaller inflatable slide, I'd be like, so why does fun size always have to be small? I think my it's thoughts. that you can take it with you and it's portable mm -hmm. so that you can go off and have fun. You're not bogged down by this giant regular size soda can right? Yeah, or, this, or this great big candy bar. You can just, you know, put it in your in your front pocket or whatever and uh go off to have whatever kind of sexy fun you want you know Rob yeah, and michelle it's not the size of the can it's the motion of the ocean oh you know it <laughs> just ask those two butchers oh snap call back top okay. five butcher sex experiences <laughs> no because now i'm gonna go there i go to this butcher shop every saturday and i'm not gonna have you ruin it for me by that where's where's no. it at is it it's the one in east hampton yeah it's right on the corner next to mimi's Corsellos. Oh, I live. That's right up the. That's right up the way from me. I could drive there right now. 
give them a little <laughs> give them a little copy of this tape <laughs> unless i get a certain payment monthly every month Are well, them. now you're just straight talking about pimping that <laughs> pimping blackmail uh arson we do it all on this podcast this girl is not for sale <laughs> pimping blackmail yeah that, that, Okay, please cut that part out. I, <laughs> I had not, I got so excited and it was just, it was so stupid and I didn't even have any kind of a clever way to say it. Just like, blah, blah, blah. okay guys, let me talk about my week, please. Please do it. All right yeah. guys, so I've been, I have been teasing um, this uh, story, this now infamous legendary story of Ooh. the time that, well, yours truly, Yes. hired in not so much a coercing manner mm -hmm. but uh sort of uh we had a uh, an agreement a business transaction agreement for the services to be rendered of the crime of prostitution to be performed when december 25th Jesus is <laughs> the day that lives in infamy my friends um and frankly i was gonna tell that story tonight but Unfortunately, something else has happened that has unfortunately preempted this story yet again, my guys. No. Oh, God. No. Uh, what the hell is I it with know. this story? <laughs> I know. I know, Michelle. I know. I'm with you. Matt, Everybody's moaning. Story. We're getting inundated with emails about the story. People can't get enough. I of know. I haven't even I, heard it. I have to change my number because I'm getting so many uh, like Tara Reid types being like, tell me the story, <laughs> whatever. If you look Random. us up on YouTube, half okay, the videos huh? are just people talking, reaction videos where people talk about what they think the story might be and people reenacting their own version of it. So just set the record straight. The story is yeah. what it is. It's you sleeping with a prostitute on Christmas, right? Oh, I don't think what? they were sleeping. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> they probably weren't. Hilarious, and also, Ryan. And also, that's kind of a pejorative. I, the way you said that, Michelle, that was a little pejorative. What do you mean pejorative? Because, I've never heard well, that you word referred, before. You me. referred to this this legitimate sex worker as a prostitute. And frankly, prostitution is the crime of having sex for money. Mm -hmm. So oh. sex workers prefer not to be called a prostitute, but a sex worker. And frankly, like to stay away from the term prostitution altogether. Now the crime is, unfortunately, prostitution. You use, prostitution. <laughs> right, you you guys. use that well, word. Yeah, but I said uh, I was trying to set I was trying to set you up so I could it was a whole it was a whole uh scheme I had a diabolical scheme if you will. Speaking of the hives, let me tell you this story. Um you guys, so anyways, <laughs> I was going to tell you this story but unfortunately it's been preempted because this is I don't I haven't been coming I haven't been honest about this with you guys, but I have been spending almost most of my day all my day. I don't know if you've noticed, but I don't chime in with the um, like the Facebook group messages. I haven't been on Facebook. I haven't been on Instagram. I don't return people's calls. I'm dead to the world. And it's all because I've been playing 23 out of the 24 hours a day of online internet chess. That's right. Really? That's right. That's and, pretty cool. And generally, I've actually been doing pretty good. My ranking's getting pretty high, but I had a weird situation where I woke up delirious like in the morning and I wasn't quite awake and I wasn't quite asleep. 
And I just had a crazy episode of challenging all these Europeans to a match of chess. And then I attempted to play the chess while I was in this delirious state. And I got to tell you, <laughs> these Europeans are making me lose my shirt, my friends. I am dying out there. I'm stressed right now. Everybody's attacking my queens at all angles. And they all have these mysterious flags. This place of Europe, that place of Europe. It's like I'm playing like Infinity Yakov Shmirnov's over here. Ay, ay, ay. <laughs> Gorbachev, move your rook away from uh, queen nine. You know what I mean? And wow. so, of course, I can't, I can't tell my cool prostitution story at the same day that this big new chess news is happening. So, unfortunately, uh, that'll have to wait till next week. Wow. I just don't know your game. I just, I'm trying to figure out your game right now, and I'm lost. Like, I always try to figure out his game, and I can never do it. Hey, just call me Neil Strauss. <laughs> no game. <laughs> I like to picture you like at the park playing chess with like three or four old guys at one time. You know, like Bobby Fischer. Right. Fischer. I love, oh, I, I love, I love the game of chess uh, fiercely. Did I tell you about this time? I, um, when I was a boy, I started a, uh, a, a basement of the library chess club in my local library. And then about two meetings of that, um, we turned it into a Magic the Gathering club. Mm -hmm. And that's and that's the day that Magic the Gathering has taken over my number one interest and remains. I still, I haven't played Magic the Gathering in about 20 years, but I would still say it's my favorite interest. Hmm. I think that's pretty cool. I never, I've always wanted to try to play Magic the Gathering. I do like role-playing games and everything with the group that I have, but I've never tried Magic. But uh, I didn't realize you were such a chess uh, aficionado. That's pretty cool. Well, I don't. I think I have lost the title of aficionado since ever since these Europeans have just r run uh, roughshod all over my uh, knight's rook on G four. It's like the, it's like, the, dude, they're playing chess at me so hard the other day. I was like, you sunk my battleship. <laughs> <laughs> Hey guys, guess what time it is? Oh, hold on a second. Hold on, yep. do you guys hear that? What's up? What, huh? Hello? Oh, do you hear that? What, huh? Oh. Holy oh. shit guys, holy shit guys, it's Chopper what? Ryan. I didn't oh. think he was, I didn't think he was anywhere. We didn't hear from him last week, it's Chopper Ryan. Chopper Ryan, how you doing? Come on Chopper Ryan, tell us what's going on. Hello there everyone. Well, have I got a story for you. It's got some twists and turns, but I'll, so as you remember, Last week, I had found myself in the Mutant Valley, and I had found that because I was not a mutant, that I was able to get parts in all these mutant motion pictures, and it become somewhat of a movie star there. You know, I had my, my pick of the mutant gals, and my diet of mostly mutant rats had caused me to mutate myself, but a little slower than the rest of the mutants, right? So... In the interim time, I decided that the life of a mutant movie star really wasn't for me. That mm. what I wanted were the, the quiet pleasures of living a mutated, cannibalistic life with somebody I really cared about. So I settled down with this nice mutant gal named... <laughs> the mutants can't talk. They just make these gross gurgling noises. But... but 
we we got married in a church in a beautiful little town called <laughs> and we, we've had a couple of children and two two kids uh seven legs between them and no huh. arms right no arms at all but that's that's parenthood right you get some legs you get some arms and a few of them had to be eaten <laughs> you know wow. right. Because you gotta feed the, here's one thing about mutant society that you might not know, is that right. sure we eat mutant rats, sure we eat sludge, toadstools, mm -hmm. small yeah. rocks, right. but what you don't hear about on Vice TV is that we also eat a lot of each other. And right, right, it's right. not all willy-nilly. You do combat in a gladiatory uh, type situation, and then the losers are food. Yep. So I'm doing great. I don't, I don't even think that I miss the helicopter. You know, that helicopter was like my best friend for years. That helicopter was my, my brother, my, my drinking buddy, my mistress. You know, we did everything together, but now it's a pile of garbage and I am the happiest mutant in the tri-state area. So I think I'm gonna, I'm gonna keep these extra eyes, this bubbling skin, this weird purple tongue and i'm just gonna live as as i was intended to so so stop looking for me all right i i i've found everything i need and sure my internal organs are for sure dissolving into sludge my brain is turning into jelly there is smoke coming out of my uvula but i've found happiness so just be happy for me Huzzah. That's Chopper Ryan, everybody. Oh man, he's really he's really brought it full circle. I he's really doing well for himself. It, you know, it's his he's living the way he wants to live. You know? Michelle, I'm a little I, I'm a little nervous that maybe he was delivering this message uh uh under under coercion, under false pretenses. Because oh, really? sure it sure it looks and sounds and smells like Chopper Ryan, but I don't know. For him to give up his beloved chopper, that just doesn't sound like the Ryan I know and love. I, I call, no, I call, uh, I call malarkey on this. I think I think I do indeed say this is we're in a state of serious malarkey, my friends. I would have to agree. Now that you bring this concern up, I'm just kind of thinking about everything you just told us. And right, like that makes so much sense. Who is it? Who is it that's you know, we're just gonna have to find out next time. Next time we talk to him, we're just gonna have to, we have to bring these questions to the table. I wanna make sure he's all right. I like the, so in Michelle, in your in your mind, what do the people at the butcher shop say when they are listening to this podcast? Oh God. And so they're okay. So they're there and they're, they're uh, you know, tenderizing the meat or whatever. <laughs> and they're like, uh, <laughs> yeah, and then okay. they're, uh, Hey Arnie, let's put on a podcast. <laughs> That's what they sound like. Let's find a local podcast to put you on. You got it, Sammy boy. Ha cha cha cha. I love you too. Go ahead. Hey, yeah? are they talking about us on that podcast? They Wait a minute. Now everybody's gonna think we're gay and support yep. our business way more because we're <laughs> As we're in East Hampton, where that would actually be a b benefit to our to our business. 
this is a boon. And that's probably why I got a bone. Get over here, Sam. <laughs> Everybody wants to be in the act. That's exactly what happened. <laughs> well, Michelle, if they yeah. are, if they if they are in love with each other, I fully support that. And yes, I hope it does. I just hope they have great business. Whatever they choose to do with each other, that's terrific. I say nothing about it. I just thought because the guy told me that his wife and his daughter take all the rendered, like the fat from the animals that they don't use and they make mm -hmm. candles out of them. He's got like a whole display case full of candles made out of animal lard that his wife and his kid make. Wife and his kid, don't you mean his beard and his other beard? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's exactly what I mean, Matt. <laughs> God, the, they, yeah. Got, I don't got, know. These candles are rendered from my cover story about my heterosexual life. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, nice. what it, what it, yeah, what is this? L, 1997 Ellen? Oh, man. No, it wasn't quality. <laughs> that, the quality wasn't there. The quality wasn't there. Uh, I, I, I was, if, if I had laughed at that joke, it would have been degenerous. <laughs> the the comedic geniuses we have on this podcast, boy, I tell you. When are they getting are, here? <laughs> you're on fire, the both of you. You're on fire. Thank you. You're welcome. You're welcome. How about we? How about best breakups? Let's 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 visit that. Yummy, oddly, yum, yum, yum. Oddly personal, but we're gonna get into it. And you can you can change the names to protect the innocent. That's yeah. the uh, that's the scoop, folks. All right, I'll just knock. I'll knock out this one real quick. Oh, good. All right. It was um, okay. I had plans with uh, my girlfriend at the time to uh, go see a movie. I believe it was, and then um, okay. And then last minute, she canceled on the movie. And for me, that was like it's, there was something about this that was a final straw. I, I don't know why, but I was a little bit. Back then, I had a bit of a, I, my, I don't think my temper was so uh, temporad, if you will, as the mm. old adage goes. Um, and I was like, that's it. I, I don't know. And then, but the problem is, I was, I think we were trying to break up over the phone, or we at least were fighting over the phone. And for some reason, she had my, um, all of my laundry in her car. Because um, I used to, uh, believe it or not, be uh, a little bit more of a ragamuffin than I am even now. I had a couple, fresh off a couple DUIs, newly sober, and I had pretty much, uh, yeah, my girlfriends got roped into being my laundry service, which uh, I don't know, uh, it's neither here nor there. So, anyways, she's <laughs> she's up in my room. And she has all like we were arguing. My friend Jemai was there, I and mean, it was really weird, like to think that we were we, like we are not like uh, we're, we're not like we're we're because you know sometimes you have like a third like if you're a couple and like you're fighting, there's like at least you'll like put on you know put on good manners if there's company over or whatever like that. We had none of that uh, situation going on. We had all the artifice had been pulled down. We we're fully arguing, and I remember she had all my laundry in her car. And she was in my room, and so then she left in a huff, but not before grabbing my wallet. So then, pretty much, she made she she made made away with not only all my laundry, 
but also all my other stuff too, which was my wallet. So pretty much each and every one of my belongings, she was now the owner of. So I pretty much had to reconcile of like, all right, is it even possible to get any of these things back? Or do I just cut my losses and go about my life uh, penniless and uh, clothingless? And I took the latter. Nice. I wow. lost all my laundry. Lost all my laundry in that divorce. Oh, oh wow. Ever, ever see any of it again? I, I think there was a period where I, we, I, I believe we're on good terms now or no terms, which is, you know, good terms in, in, in my thing. So yeah, we definitely, I, I don't know if I got the laundry back. I, I don't know exactly how, how I played it. I don't remember getting it back, but. That's pretty, that's dramatic. That's like my worst fear during a breakup is like something big like that. Somebody's going to take something, steal my shit from me or something. Yeah, you always have, yeah, in that middle when you know it's going to be finalized and you know you're past the point of um, diplomacy or like, uh, you know, like, what's that word when it's uh, civility. amicable? Yeah, <laughs> civility. <laughs> then, you know, and then you're, you're about to pull the trigger, like, you know, just say something that you can't take back. And you go through your head, you really have to do a quick checklist, like, wait a minute, what's at their house? What's in their car? Oh, yeah. And uh, it's, it's you, hard to have that, that moment, you know. Yeah, it's tough to be on your toes like that with something like that. It is. Mm-hmm. You don't want that soon, but geez, Matt. Dang. Right. It was such a funny move for her to, be like, she was already leaving, and she just, like, snatched my wallet on her way out. I'm pretty, I was really proud of her to make and out with And what did you my, do, like, the wallet. exact moment that you saw her do that? What was your reaction? Um... I don't know. I was, I've always been a person that even in the middle of a heated battle can still appreciate when a very funny thing happens. <laughs> so I suspect that I, <laughs> I suspect cool. that I probably, cause I would always just ruin, it's very hard for me to like, because it's so ridiculous to be like, like sincerely angry and mad. Like I, I'm, I can almost be too, like, I can never just like stay in that moment and like, I just, I just, I just, I'm so self-aware of just the ridiculousness of what literally we're yelling and stuff. Cause it's always the coolest. It's always the darndest things. Like mm. that's not where the butter knives go. I hate your mother. <laughs> oh, <Jesus. laughs> uh, oh my gosh. Well, Ryan, what do you think? Do you have one or do you want me to go up? Uh, I, I, I have one. I was, I was right. thinking about this. So go for it. All right, here. So uh, the year is 1998. <laughs> this is uh, this is a pretty early story, but it's uh, certainly not not one of my my best here. So I was in eighth grade, and I was dating this girl who had just moved into town, and she was uh, like one of those out of control teens on Maury Povich. You remember those? Whoa, nice. Oh yeah. Love it. Yeah. I she uh catch me outside yeah yeah she, <laughs> yeah. she was yeah. like yeah yeah i've been in like fights with the police and i get you know nice. go through juvie like real badass type hell yeah you know yeah. and uh and we dated for like a summer most of which she was in martha's vineyard so it was uh by like postcards postcards and letters and stuff mm. like like an old timey movie and then that uh, fall when school uh, came back, I hadn't seen her in a, a long time. And 
things things had had uh, she wasn't interested anymore, but she did, neglected oh. to tell me that, right? So yeah. uh, she started dating a uh, another fella at the same time, and he was a a football player. When I was in high school, I looked at the a football player as like the opposite of a me, right? Of course. So I I looked at it almost as an affront to me, like as if to say. Uh, you are so terrible that I am now in, inclined to find the exact opposite of you. <laughs> so I was like, well, that's terrible. <laughs> and, uh, and then one day she says, uh, I think maybe we, could, we should talk things over. Maybe we can work things out. If you meet me at this football game, uh, we can talk it over then. And I said, all right, I don't want to go to a football game, but let's, uh, let's do that. So I go to the football game, I have my mom drop me off and I get there and uh, she's there with her friend who hates me. <laughs> I get there and I'm kind of, you know, I kind of am trying to casually be like, oh, I'm here hanging out with everybody like I'm supposed to be. <laughs> and once I got there, she had decided uh, no longer wanted to work it out. <laughs> <laughs> so, oh my god, like that? So I'm at a football game, which I do not want to be at. Sure. And I am there for like two hours or however long a football game is. And none mm -hmm. of my uh, friends are at a football game because they don't right. like it either. <laughs> and nobody yeah, Skater boys. Yeah. And nobody's there. And I uh, am trying to say, hey, what about working it out? And she kind of keeps saying, like, I'm trying to watch my new boyfriend play football. <laughs> oh, no. That's so cool. Oh my God, sports cuck. So I, <laughs> so I get picked up and I'm very upset and I go home and play my guitar all Hell loud, yeah. angsty. And then I go to school the next uh, uh, Monday in a, a custom made t-shirt that I had made with a Sharpie that said, uh, my girlfriend is a slut and all I got was this lousy t-shirt. Oh, oh, that's that's pretty clever. So of course everybody all day is like, hey, hey man, what's up with that super cool t-shirt? And I'll be like, oh, th there's a story behind it. Let me uh, tell you. So, <laughs> so, so it's lunchtime and I have like a big group of people around me. Because <laughs> I'm the star of this show now. I've been like, I, ladies and gentlemen, I've been done wrong. <laughs> <laughs> And uh, people are giving me free cigarettes and giving me pats on the back. And uh, I got called into the principal's office, and he said, "Hey, you gotta, you gotta take off that that T-shirt." And I said, uh, "Played dumb." I said, "What? Why? Is this <laughs> <laughs> what? Why? Yeah, yeah isn't this uh, isn't this a fine T-shirt?" <gasps> and uh, he disagreed, and I got sent home. But uh, we were we were over after that. <laughs> so over. That's it's I like that's such a good point to get to get to that because I hate that part where it's like ah the wishy-washy this and that sometimes you just have to do something so just like egregious that it just like it's like this is that's the nail baby I love that that's a good place to be yeah this is so over it's pretty pretty I'm juvenile too, pretty satisfying yeah. pretty that's good that's what ki yeah kids are good at that I can't do that I like it I, I'm so incredibly dip diplomatic and amicable now that I'm just like, well, if you're my ex-girlfriend, you're now my new best friend. So <laughs> that's what I do. That's what I do with all my ex-girlfriends. That's not a bad thing. No, it's a that's good system, a probably. Yeah, it's, it's probably the way to be, but. Yeah, it shows maturity. All right, here's my story, guys. Uh, 
in college. Um, I did pretty okay in college. I did have a boyfriend. He's the boyfriend that went to UMass, but he was also the one that never came to visit me. I think we harken back to the story about the gas station, the apartment next to it. Mm, so I got right. sick of him really fast. And uh, so I started kind of seeing this guy a little Ooh. bit um, named Sean. Now I am probably 19 and I nice. was one of those girls just a sucker for a guy that I love musicians. I love you know, artists, you know, just the, I'm just the sappy girl, just the kind of girl that's like, oh, I love those sensitive guys. Oh my God, I love you. So this guy and I, we would write poems back and forth to each other in between classes at college. Only the majority of my stuff, I actually took from the Love Jones soundtrack from Lauren Hill. So I would like, <laughs> I would just like write like little snippets of Lauren Hill songs in a letter and he'd be like, he'd see me in the hallway and he'd be, he's very romantic. Like I've never had, he's the first guy that I ever really, you know, dated that actually showed me a lot of attention and I loved it. And he'd see me in the hallway and he'd be like, oh, that's just a beautiful poem. And then he would just look at me and be like, you're just like, you're amazing. You know, like these other girls. And I'd just be flying high, like, you're so special. And he was actually, he was into me, but I, something better came along a few months later. Uh, there was a guy that I was like really interested, like, you know, the baseline. He was like the baseline, like, okay, if anything happens, this is the dude that I hope that I end up with, like if, if things work out. And so I was dating this other poetry guy who I had broken up with before, told him I couldn't see before because I had the boyfriend in UMass. So he kind of was waiting and all, but I didn't really make any guarantees. We were just kind of still talking, but then, uh, Finally, when I didn't think the other guy was interested in me at all, I'm like, you know what? Maybe I'll just keep this, take this guy off the hook and just be like, all right, we can, let's go on some dates. Let's try to get to you. Yeah. So he came over to my house to watch Monday Night Raw. Okay. I was totally into wrestling. Like we used to have like, my brother and I used to be roommates and we would have like wrestling parties for pay-per-view events. And we had like an old rent-a-center coffee table that we put our friends through. Cause we had to wait, like we cut it. So it's a little bit in the middle. So when you put somebody through it, it's it like, Famous. This was a small little apartment. We're famous for these parties. So uh -huh. I had him come over for Monday Night Raw. As he was sitting there watching Raw, this other guy called me and he's like, hey, he's like, I just, you know, he's like, I'm thinking and like, real, I mean, he's, I would trust him more than this guy that I was actually sitting with watching Raw because he was at least more sincere. This guy was like the wishy-washy poetry type, whatever. I don't uh -huh. know. So I eventually looked at Sean while he was sitting there watching Monday Night Raw with me and I said so that was so and so and I said and I think we're gonna get back together I'm like because I think you know that we've wanted to get back together for a long time and this is after this guy's waited like six months I wouldn't do this like this this was like shallow 19 year old Michelle and the guy cried he cried in front of me and he's like could I at least come with you to pick your mother up from work I'm like uh no I don't want to drive through dark roads in Athol with you, buddy. Like, I had to say no. Well, then, 10 years later, I was, not 10 years later, probably like five years later, I was still with this guy, this other guy, and we were living with each other. And he told our friend who saw him, he's like, by the way, tell Michelle and blah, blah. He's like, if I see them, I'm going to fucking kill him. I was like, whoa. So nice. he was a little upset about that. But that's 19-year-old immature stuff that you do. Like, you just, you know, that's what you do. I wouldn't do it again. Oh. Yeah. Mama's got to juggle. Mama's got to hold out for that better offer. That's They're, Wall Street, baby. In the long run, they were both really horrible choices. Like, I oh, don't okay. think I've, I don't think I've, uh, yeah. I say this to my friends. Okay, because I'm a Gossip Girl fan. And with my Gossip Girl podcast, one question that I've come up was, 
who is the Chuck Bass of your life? Ryan, you might know, Matt, Chuck Bass isn't the character that I like. It's Chuck and Blair, like they're the central couple in Gossip Girl and they've broken up and gotten back together so many times. But the thing is, Chuck is solid and Chuck loves Blair. And we have this question on our podcast. Have you met your Chuck Bass yet? And I say, I have not dated or been with my Chuck Bass yet, but I think my Chuck Bass is still out there. Like it's the guy that still like really, really is into you. I don't think any of the other guys really were. I think it's more like, mm, I see what you mean. What you can do? What can you do for me? Not, it's not, not that I love you, but I love what you can do for me. One of those situations. I found myself in those scenarios. I don't love you, but I love what you can do for me. Yeah. Right. Hey, but Michelle. Hey, but Matt. Dark roads and Athol. That's what I call Monday Night Raw. Oh. <laughs> Was it too long to hold that in my, was it too long to keep that in the chamber? No, not at all. That was. No, <laughs> I was imp- it, I'm impressed. Is it bad that I, I couldn't pay attention to anything you said after that because I was holding that thought in my chamber? Seriously? No, nah, just kidding. No, I'm playing around. <laughs> so pretty much whatever, you're Chuck Bass. I'm putting it in terms I can, like you're Ducky of the world. It's like you're. Not Ducky. No, you're talking not, about okay. pretty and pink. No. I feel like, I feel like Michelle I don't, I don't is really sugarcoating this, this whole Chuck Bass angle yeah i don't think Chuck i understand bass is this not a bass. good guy at, at, at all <gasps> oh okay. ryan he is he turns out to be a phenomenal guy at the end of the show uh what about all the is it there's there's some issues where chuck bass has some problems with consent with uh ryan. with white with white privilege with really ryan. taking the word i'm sorry but he he doesn't take no for uh, he's deceptive he's uh he's he's a bad guy Ryan, that's those are seasons. Him, sure, but no, those are seasons one and two. Seasons three through the rest, he is a good guy. Like he's boyfriend material. I promise. <laughs> is this, are you saying his his character development is like a reverse Breaking Bad? Oh, yeah, <laughs> yes. Chuck, so why who is it? Chuck Knobloch? Who are we talking about here? Chuck Knobloch, the old baseball player. Wait, Chuck. Chuck Berry, because he, he would film you in the toilets? I get that. I, that's something oh. I can get behind. Oh, my God. Yeah, Chuck Bass. Chuck, Chuck Bass. Bass. I believe you. Lan- you mean the singer from uh, NSYNC, Lance Bass? That's exactly it, Matt. Holy right. smokes. Hey, everybody. Guess what time it is? What time? What time, it, motherfucker? It's time to fucking perform. Oh, perform, baby. For me. Yeah. Let's do it in up. my hot little hands, I've got... Oh, spontaneous glaze. Sorry, oh my. Give us the glaze that pays. Okay, Come this on. is the glaze that pays. Michelle. Matthew. You're like a physically attractive owl. <laughs> oh who's wiser than even your own naivete can allow you to know. Aww. You live in a, a gilded tree fort fit for a great horned king owl. And when I say owl, I'm not talking about like a barred owl. I'm not, about a, I'm not saying you eat mice. I'm saying that you lord over mice. <laughs> Everyone is your subject and you are the topic, baby. Woohoo. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, thank you. <laughs> Thanks, Matt. <laughs> Ryan. Oh, God. 
of all the beauty of an emo rock and roller, but yet also having the brawn and muscle tone of He-Man himself. <laughs> For you, my friend, are the master, master, master of the universe and on the steel horse you ride and i'm not talking about bon jovi's bus i'm talking about the tiger known as life and you are full fully in charge of those reins and much like chariot of fire before you you are gonna rise from the phoenix and go into that sweet 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 midnight i don't know I actually believe I mixed up a couple uh, sayings. Uh, that's your glaze, Ryan. That was nice. Thank you. Blah, 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 blah. Yeah, you're making the noise. All right. Yeah. All right. That was. Do you ever, when somebody does something and you're like, oh, I wish that's more what I was about to do, but. <laughs> <laughs> instead, I'll instead I'll just do it. Instead, I'll I'll I'm gonna glaze it up. Uh, if I was a member <laughs> of uh, Bone Thugs and Harmony, they'd call me Glazy Bone. Yo, okay. I love that, Ryan. <laughs> Glazy Bone. All right, let me take you to the crossroads. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Michelle, I feel like you have been the glue that has held this podcast together. It is <laughs> your enthusiasm and momentum that keeps us on track and like <laughs> general like excitement for, for us to be doing this. You know, I think that there are times where we can be a little bit more low key and a little bit more reactionary. And honestly, I feel like sometimes we're reactionary and you're the thing we're reacting to a lot of the time. Like you're just keeping it, keeping it going. And I, I appreciate you for that. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, Matt, I'm going to, uh, I'm going to tell you a little story about <laughs> when I, <laughs> first started coming to Bishop's Lounge and I started first seeing you live a lot, I would come home and I would say this thing to my girlfriend, which was that I had this idea that if I could see you perform stand-up enough times that I could steal all of your mannerisms because <laughs> I got, I really uh, loved your like cadence and rhythm and things and I had this idea that if I just saw you like a hundred times I would completely copy all of your traits and then uh take it to take it to the big city and then uh break, <laughs> break into television and then years later you would see me and I'd just been writing for a Matt Woodland character all those years and you would be incensed uh because I would have completely uh stolen your persona but that's just a testament to how uh strong i thought it was beautiful glazed uh, yeah, imitation, <laughs> imitation is the most sincere form of fattery i'm fat i don't know i don't know what that was that was not that was very love i love that story and um it's always hard. It's th now it's like I'm in the position where I did decide to go comical. Oftentimes I've gone sincere for the prompts, but then it's kind. But then you feel like kind of a dickhead when you went uh -huh. comical, and then somebody goes sincere after you. And I gotta say, well played. <laughs> or frankly, that was a roast. <laughs> wow. Well, it's just gonna get worse, Matt. <laughs> we can't all we can't all go sincere every time. I think we gotta yeah, break yeah. it up, or else it You're just right. becomes the like spilling your guts out podcast which will be a different podcast 
Yeah, it's like, what are we the, um, what are we uh, the, on the O network <laughs> or something like that? Yeah, the network, <laughs> Oprah's network, all feelings. <laughs> there you go. Just, just a little bit of those, that cool cadence and mannerisms you heard so much about. Well, now I feel like I have to be like jokey, jokey, because I have, well, no, I can, uh, no. You can do no. both. How about, do it like a Mike Birbiglia hybrid. Call me Isaac Glaze, because you're getting the shaft. <laughs> Oh shit. All right. All right. So I'm going to start. I'm going to start with Ryan. My glaze, my first glaze is with Ryan. Ryan, I, uh, I've always thought you to be the backbone of the operation because of all the behind the scenes work you do for us. You basically don't. Stop it. Don't do that either. God. All right. Go. Oh. I was being too sincere as Ryan once yelled at me at an open mic night. Too sincere. <laughs> uh, he did. Are you crying, Woodland? Are we really? Oh, don't you dare! <laughs> Ooh, you're gonna have don't the softest you. under eyes. Your under eye. You're gonna have like no bags under your eyes or anything. That perfect. I wonder if the listener knows what's going on. Listeners, Matt was applying chapstick under his eyes directly to the bags. <laughs> Directly to the bags. Under his sacks. All right. Ryan, back to Ryan. I'm not going to be too mm. sincere, I promise, Ryan. But uh, you're the backbone. You have all this technical know-how. You help us, you know, you you are the vehicle with which this dream operates, you know? Uh, we appreciate you so much because of everything you know. And also... You're hilarious. Like, I feel like me being on this podcast with the two of you is just like, I feel like I'm just waiting to wake up because it was only last year that I was actually watching you, you know, at 413 and Bishops and like you even hosted 413 too. So it's like, to me, you're huge, especially the first night that I ever saw you, which was the first night I went to Packers. I was like, this guy's interesting. He's got to be interesting because of you coming directly to my table because again we made the mistake of sitting up front came over to my table went over and looked at i don't know you were looking at me or my guest at that time but you were like i love you I'm like whoa and i think the guy's wearing eyeliner too he's the coolest and you had like this crazy blazer on so you're original you're original you're you know you're the genuine article and it's a pleasure being able to work creatively with you because it's been a lot of fun and it's helped me get through it's this is my mission and like this whole podcast is like fuck my oh i don't want to say that this will be my primary podcast i'm not gonna i was gonna say something and i Whoa. can't say it shots almost fired almost podcast, hey podcast hierarchy it is there is a hierarchy and this is my king this is my king the stayouts are my Wait, king the primary yeah we all got side projects and stuff like that but we know we always come home to daddy we always come home to daddy Speaking of, no, no, bad segue. Why was I going to do that? I was going to say, speaking of daddy, I'm going to now glaze Matt. I'm not going to do that. I'm sorry that I- Cha-cha-cha-cha. In that, in that situation, if you had followed that though, would it be because, because he's daddy or because you're his daddy? Oh. Are you coming to daddy a la Aphex Twin or going to daddy a la, I don't know, I don't know. I don't know who or is daddy home? Uh, like Mel Gibson. There you go. In that movie. 
where he is Oof. racist. Uh, right. He always do that. I don't know. Just for we'll, we'll call him the Mel Gibson daddy. No, because he's not racist. Yeah, Mel Gibson. He's daddy's home, Mel Gibson. But uh, cool. I think Matt, you're more of a lifesaver than you know for people. Like, there's a reason why everybody around you loves you, and you are very much adored by all of your friends. It's so easy to see. Like, I I was a part of the mics this this summer and it was just kind of refreshing because we're outside of the regular like hustle and bustle of the clubs. I used to be scared shitless to get up and do stand up in front of you, Matt, because to me, you were like, you still are like just up here, like setting the standard, setting the bar and everything. And I remember the first time I saw you at 413, you had this energy, like the way you were like grabbing the microphone, you're like leaning forward, kind of like daily Roth. It was like very into it, very focused, very channeled. And that energy was just so wild. It was so awesome to be a part of and see. And I remember you used to pick on my laugh at 413 because I would laugh at your kitten joke, the kitten in the bathroom. And then you were like, all I can hear right now is Michelle's bellowy laugh. And I actually looked up bellowy to see what it meant because I'm like, shit, I hope that's not bad. Um, but I absolutely adore you because you've also just kind of uh, helped me have a good 2020. And you're very positive and supportive uh, you're a very, very, very nice guy. I know that you're the bad boy of comedy, but right. uh, I adore you because you're just kind and there are so many layers to you, as you had mentioned in the previous couple podcasts. So, glazed. Oh, damn. Thanks, Michelle. Are, damn, we, are the dirty nice, stayouts bro. normalizing uh, paying your friends compliments and telling telling them you appreciate them i'm glad i you know for all the for all the destruction and mayhem we cause i'm glad that we're putting some uh, not to go back to marky mark but good vibrations back in the in the into the world yeah see so it's true. okay you're gonna put those <laughs> well, good vibes back. It, i have found in my older years tell me if you uh guys can uh concur but i i recognize there's so many relationships i've had in my life where it is easy to take it for granted and not to like and not to identify and verbalize like what are the specific qualities that you love in one another mm -hmm. and it's and i think it's only a more recent thing where personally like I, I really recognize the difference of how you feel and how connected you feel to others when you like reckon take a moment to recognize what the aspects you love and what somebody means to you and then hello you could actually tell them <laughs> Mm -hmm. and not be a pussy <laughs> and it, these are things but it is it's such a it, it's it's amazing how like you can have people in your lives and like i've and it, it's such like how people in your life take on such a new meaning or such like uh um perhaps deeper or i don't know if they're necessary to judge especially what the meanings are but it's like you know it's like last year it's like we all have been associates and known each other and sort of we all sort of fell in the different category of sort of like admiration for one's work like I remember when I first saw Ryan I, he sort of came by the place where I was already pretty jaded with Bishop's Lounge and like any new like every new comedian that came in was just so terrible and then like Ryan like came in and like he really struck me as something different and then I remember just like just being at my house like trying to find him on the internet because he had like he always said you know cool Ryan I think he has his name proper now he always had like some alias on social media and i just like i felt so compelled to give this lad a compliment because i was like this is like i actually am 
like I'm impressed, but I'm also like seeing somebody that is like has this kind of talent and stuff like really just like re-inspired me for like the idea of comedy being a thing to pursue. I was like, this is something I feel super compelled to like tell this guy. And I couldn't really tell him. And I think eventually either I did tell him or I didn't or I'm telling him for the first time. But it was, it, I remember like he really like I don't usually remember when I first see people, but definitely Ryan was one of those guys. And then. And then Michelle, it's like is seeing you like come into Packers, like a very same thing, just like a very there's such like a ubiquitous kind of person that like does comedy, same kind of like, you know, same kind of topics, get retread and this and that. And you just like stood out as such a specific like a like there was such like a love that like came off of you. Like there was such a warmth and like you were definitely somebody that like instantly were like, this is somebody that I definitely like, you know, would like like want in my life in some capacity other than uh uh you know just sort of a comedy associate and at that time I was already sort of like moving to New York so like at that so it's like I just really am grateful that in so many ways we had this opportunity for us to come together and then have this podcast and then mm-hmm. just take on such like like such deeper like frankly intimate like relationships over like this podcasting thing which is like uh yeah. It is. It's it, and it's like this podcast is like a thing that like in these like qualities and almost like these prompts and these practices that we have like in this microchasm of the podcast mm-hmm. translate and you can recognize like things that I feel like I learned or being reaffirmed in this podcast and take them into other aspects of my life. And for that, I love you guys and I'm so grateful. Oh, I snuck a sincere one in there. Aww. Oh, well, agreed. And I agree with everything you're saying, and I feel the same way too, Matt. So it's yeah this is like the one constant that's in my life that I know I can rely on. Like, and it's the one thing that I love that we do it. Like we're doing this on a Monday because after like a weekend that I had knowing that I can come back here and just spend like this two hours with you guys doing this, just having fun. It, it does mean a lot. Like seeing your, seeing your faces, seeing your faces. Can you imagine if anyone is still listening after probably a solid 40 minutes of just just slobbing each other's mouth like mutual admiration? This is so self-indulgent. It is. Delicious. It's so gross. I love it. That's why we're the dirty stales. We're indulgent as hell. We're literally an example for how everyone should lead their lives. Yep. We are on the pedestal. Hell yeah, brother. I agree. I've got, I'm going through my, oh, wait, no. Top five mug. See you later. Guys, guess what time it is. What time is it? What's that? It's top five o'clock. Oh. <laughs> top of the know. five o'clock for you. I'm still a novice. I'm still a novice at this. So I think, I don't know. Do you know, based on the conversations that we've had this evening, we talked about the top five funeral songs. Mm-hmm. What else? <laughs> okay, so, what are the... I'm such a strong leader right now. <laughs> All right, what possibilities? What have we talked about today? I, I got one, and I don't know if this is a top five, but I, you know, you could have as many as you uh, you want. I was thinking about uh, art recording artists who, at different times in their careers, discographies were really, really good and really, really terrible, and how you uh, how you reckon those two things. And I'll, I'll, I'll give you the example that I was thinking of. This morning, somebody posted this, uh, this link on Facebook to, uh, to a Megadeth song, you know, Megadeth. Mm, and sure. uh, 
I was like, this is music that I've always liked, but thrash metal isn't really always my bag. And I came to the conclusion that I needed to re-examine Metallica, who I've hated my entire life. But sometimes you need to go back, right, and really examine, is it, is it warranted? And the reason I always hated Metallica was that for my entire life, they have released nothing but terrible music. And besides that, I came of era in the, during the Napster thing. Mm -hmm. And Metallica not only didn't want their music to be downloaded for free, but they actively sued a bunch of their fans. And I thought, what a, what a bunch of assholes. And I wonder if that has colored my opinion so much that I can't even look back at hmm. very well might be some good early work because I just can't, my association is too strong that I cannot let it go. And I wonder if you guys have any, have any of those that you just, you're too blinded by personal bias to be able to uh, accurately assess. Is that a good one? Mm. That might not be it. Mm. Never mind. No, no, no. That's a good one. That is a really good question because it does come up. That's, I'm trying to think if I have, I was sort of thinking I have, um, I have like an example of like a band just a uh, juxtaposition of like, like I really like this aspect of their work and then I really don't like this aspect of their work. I kind of, I'm not sure if, I'm trying to think if I have a, I mean, I actually really relate to your idea of Metallica because I've always had a huge resentment against Metallica full time. And I kind of assume, and I never like gave their, first couple albums even a listen because I was just so turned off from frankly yeah just the Unforgiven 2 and the freaking the, the ladies voice yeah fuel just like oh go that awful go Bob Seger co cover they had a whole album of just covers where they do like yep all bad awful yeah whiskey whiskey in the jar and I just I can't I honestly can't win oh fucking head page just, oh, oh, oh. although I'll give you this though I did see them <laughs> I did accidentally see Metallica live in the whatever the summer sanitarium of 99 tour. And so th that was kind of like the one period where I was like, well, they were really great live. So I gave them that. Like, I was like, I'm not a Metallica fan, but they were great that time I saw them live. <laughs> but I honestly, Metallica is like, that would be the, the one for me, I think as well. Okay. Um, Top five. I don't like Metallica at all. I am probably going to get murdered. Maybe somebody's going to roll up to the fungalo driveway with a strident and put it through my heart for mm. saying that, but I've never Metallica really been. Fans are too old to roll up to your driveway. <laughs> Good point. Yeah. So I, I guess I'm just chiming in just to say I don't like Metallica. I will say this, despite <laughs> they're a, a terrible band, right? But if you ever, I don't know if you ever get the chance to watch that documentary, uh, Some Kind of Monster. I did where, watch that. Oh, yes, it, I it, did it, see that. It is a real treat. As someone who does not like Metallica, it is a documentary where Jason Newstead, their second bass player, has recently quit. And shit's just going off the rails. And so they hire a therapist, a band therapist, to come in. And it, it reveals them. It when, The first thing that you say to yourself when you watch it is who in their right minds would allow this to be released because it does not show them in a flattering light at all. Mm -hmm. e even I imagine their own fans because they look more like uh, like a 90s boy band 
James Hetfield's got like frosted tips and shit, and uh, they're in they're in therapy. And it's got this scene where they bring in Dave Mustaine from Megadeth, who was kicked out of Metallica in its in its early phase. And he he's so angry and and he cries. And I it you feel like you're looking in on it's very entertaining, but you don't walk away with any bigger of an appreciation of Metallica. If anything, I was like, yep, I was right about Metallica this whole time. Right. They seem like uh, not not good not good guys. Kirk Hammett seems like a, the guitar player seems like he's probably a, a fine bloke. Could probably have a cup of warm cider with him. I just feel like Lars Ulrich is the problem. He's always yep. the problem. He's the oh. biggest asshole in the world. I watched I he's in get him get him to the Greek, that movie. I love that movie, but it's like having to look at Lars Ulrich for a total of like three minutes in that movie kills me. He's just such an asshole. He oozes asshole. Yeah. He just oozes asshole. James I, Hetfield kind of sucks too. I don't like his. Does uh, he? This, yeah, so the, the this morning I'm, I gave a listen to maybe uh, the first time in a very very long time, if ever, those early couple of Metallica albums because it mm-hmm. is a cliche in in rock and roll and heavy metal music for people to say, oh, those first like three or four albums are amazing, and then with the Black album they really seep into this commercial side. Or I don't I don't know what Metallica fans who think they sold out after the first four albums are but there's a musically something that i could get behind but uh james hetfield's voice which sounds so like 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 a bully like a school bully in a truck like i don't know there's something that i find very repulsive not in a good like heavy metal way about his voice that is what kept me from enjoying it and then i asked a friend of mine who i consider to be like a a heavy metal authority i said hey man i i feel like i want to listen to something metallica adjacent that isn't going to piss me off for being terrible and he Mm -hmm. turns me on to this band exodus that's kirk hammett's first band from before that and i said oh that's it was james hetfield's voice that was making me feel like my ears were being just uh filled up with like corn cobs violently yeah it's testosterone driven it's he's it's just totally testosterone driven that's his thing man tough tough guy i'll listen to the little listen to the little attractive owl and her fungalo talking about tough james hatfield he's tough he's mean he's he's that he's that which i desire um i yeah there's there's some just yeah vocal stylings where that is like i'm i probably like like hard rock or metal is like where I'm just by far the most like picky with, uh, mm. with the sound and like Metallica. It, it really is so much of the voice because even like some of the, some of those early albums, like there's, I think there's some at least like extended instrumental parts of like those songs, which are like, this is like, this, there's some fancy footwork here with this stuff, but I would, I, and I would maybe extend this topic to like, we kind of feel like for us, Metallica is a band that's just really overrated and they, mm. and, and even especially like those those first albums because the people yeah like they say they go back just like listen this is like what metal was and it's just like not yuckaroo my friend if this yeah. is like the point but i would like to extend what what for you guys recording artists are the just really just like everybody likes them critics critics like them like there's not just not like a pop thing where it's like oh yeah they're really famous or whatever but generally people agree upon this is a great band, but for you, you're like, I don't see it. And for me, I have two off the top of my dome. All right, let's, let's hear it. 
For me? Yeah, let's hear. Let's, let's... I, for me, Ryan? Please. You, you talking Please. to me? I would love to hear yours, Matt. Do you feel, do you feel lucky, punk? So lucky. Um, I mixed up my movies. Sorry. Um, I'm walking here. Um, so anyways, so anyways, come on, Annie Hall. You're a beautiful woman. I do, I do it. I do an okay Woody Harrelson impression. <laughs> so anyways, um, for me, at the top of the list, number one with a bullet, like Michelle likes to say, I <laughs> go fuck yourself, Johnny Cash. Oh. <laughs> and this is, nobody would agree. I've never met anybody that is anywhere close to, and honestly i just fake it like i know that i'm never going to get sympathy as far as almost everyone in my life is concerned they just assume i like johnny cash just fine <laughs> and i think i am resentful of him just because of how many much people like him if people were like yeah johnny cash is all right i think he would be all right in my book but for me johnny cash oh yeah I get, yeah he was in the prison yeah boy named so i get all these things uh whatever wow not for you. You guys are mad. Second one. You said you got it. <laughs> <laughs> Second one. I'm pissed. <laughs> Second one. That it's always, this is like whenever people are like, hey, what should we listen to? This comes on all the time. People always suggest, why don't we just listen to some CCR? Oh, oh shut oh, up. Yeah. <laughs> I ready. Born on, yeah, you're on the bayou. What, what are you, uh, uh, I don't know. Um, geez. And then it's like, yeah, the, the uh, like Crickle Creek. Okay. Yeah, we get it. Bayou's Crickle Creek. We got it. This, uh, what, when there's a swamp, what do you, what do you, what is the name of your songs designed by uh, Terrence Malick or something with Badlands? Uh, um, I don't know. Yeah. For me, those are the, I just like, I'm sick and tired of Johnny Cash. And frankly, I'm just waiting for him to die. And same with you, CCR. <laughs> You tell me when you're wake me up when both those bands are extinct. What's that? Oh, good news. I just got to communicate. Those are good ones. Those are good ones. And those are ones that nobody. I like literally. I've never found anyone that doesn't like either one of those bands. Yeah, I could. I I wish while you were saying that I was bummed because I could not be like, oh, me too. Right. No, I wanted to because but i couldn't right you were uh... they're they're objectively good that's the problem like it's not like <laughs> there's mm -hmm. nothing to agree but for whatever reason when my ears hear that stuff i'm just like ugh. it's just it really is an oppositional instinct it's just like ugh. all right yeah well what you got <sighs> matt ear ear earmuffs earmuffs i really tried to get around this band i really tried to think of another band that i feel okay. is equally uh -oh. as what? Oh fuck! Uh oh! Oh fuck! Earmuffs, man. Because I feel like about... these are going to be fighting words. Shots okay. fired. I have my finger. I have my finger on the bounce button as we speak. Are you ready? It's corn. Oh, I, I knew it. <laughs> the universally I, acclaimed. Corn. Yeah, I get it. I mean, that's corn's one of the ones where it's like, I love, and I, and for me, the songs that I love when I was a boy completely hold up for me still. Like going back to that, I can still get completely amped up. But it's like. I have like I would have to be crazy to not understand why people wouldn't be into corn. I would have right. to be a complete lunatic. Right, I get it too. But like I'm a teenage girl. I'm sitting in my boyfriend's bedroom. We're mm. getting ready to make out. We're listening to corn, and then that song on the first album about 
I know the core. I know the chorus. It's about there. It's about uh, blind. Not blind. It's the. It's the. I think it's the bald. last song. There's ball tongue. I can sing you the melody. I can sing. I can sing you the melody. Shoots and ladders. Yeah, go for it. Do 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 I scream. No one hears me. Daddy, why? Your own child. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's like. That's a great. Making out with somebody to that song is like. Shut up. Get out of here. So awful, and then I just, it, but I just let that one song That's like. So true. But I mean, there were some other songs too. Like I just, I felt like they were the very testosterone-driven, you know, band that I was just like, oh my god. Uh, I mean, I think also it had to do with Jonathan Davis because he's not my favorite. He really is not my favorite. I don't know why. I wish Jonathan I. Jonathan Davis. But that's it. I'm sorry, Matt. Sorry. I tried to find a different answer, but there wasn't one for me. You're telling me you don't want to make out with your 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 new fella to a song about Jonathan Davis rocking and rolling about the time that he was sexually abused? That's not. <laughs> All right. Well, different strokes. Wouldn't so how speak. how how bad would it be if the person that you were making out with was like, oh yeah, this is my this is my shit. This okay. Is, well, I mean, if really they were hot enough about it, maybe really they might. Engine yeah. going. You know what? I'm a woman who I'm a woman. I'm a you know what? I'm an Italian hot blooded woman. So I think that if <laughs> if the gentleman was into it enough, that I might get on board, depending on how. Like I, I'm a. I wouldn't rule it out. I wouldn't rule it out because in the heat of the moment, he's getting I all hot might... and bothered, and then he breaks the kiss to just be like, "Are you ready?" Breaking the kiss to do that—that's it. I would get up, put my clothes on, and get out of that room. Just to—if you're breaking the tender moment for it, then you're making a choice. You're making a clear choice, Jonathan Davis over me. Now, the the undeniably uh, positive and advantageous aspect of. Uh, heavy petting with a corn fan is that that kilt gives you easy access. I like that. And I imagine corn fans are pretty strong. Like they they like to mosh and do their thing. Like nice well, strong arms. I just they, imagine you'd be like, wow, you look strong. You must mosh. <laughs> <laughs> Honestly, guys, I'll tell you that my exercise routine is 30 minutes of dancing to 80s music in the morning because I have to find exercise that I like and that's what I like. And that's what I do. I'll go for walks and I dance to 80s music. Those are my two yeah. forms of exercise. So I exercise. Michelle, where, where I'm from, we call that jazzercise, my friend. <laughs> yeah, it's jazzercise. <laughs> Jesus, leave it to you to know about jazzercise so you can use it against me. <laughs> Usually, from what I can understand, corn fans are uh, they're uh, big, fat uh, virgins. Are they really? <laughs> I don't think one corn fan has actually accomplished sex yet, to be honest. But I don't happen. think any corn fans are virgins. I think Jonathan Davis basically like he's like the Pied Piper. The Pied Piper bringing all these mice to like follow him into town. Jonathan Davis is like the horny teenage boy whisperer. He plays his little flute and like all of these teenage boys rise up and they start pressuring their girlfriends for sex. Like that's what I think Jonathan does for the libido of the teenage man. I don't think people who are virgins I don't think that's right. The reason that new metal kids don't get laid is because they have those mall kid pants with all the buckles <laughs> and zippers on them. So it yeah. is impossible <laughs> to get to their 
their areas. They would the time. About the big pants with the pins in them and everything. Yeah, yeah. Oh, they would. Yeah, okay. They, they would. Okay. Been. Are those are those Jenkos, my friends? Oh, is that something different? Like a gen? I I don't know if there's if Jenkos are just jeans. They definitely are like the oh, same. I don't, I don't cut, know the truth. Cut yeah. from the same cloth. Different different pattern though. I'm afraid. <laughs> oh, oh, oh. Oh, okay, so those pants weren't really. Oh, I get okay. So I'm gonna. A lot of times I retract my statements. I'm gonna do it again. I'm gonna retract my statement. Then I guess they are virgins because. I don't like those pants either. I don't find them very attractive. They are they are like new metal chastity belts. Make no make no mistake. <laughs> One of the okay, here's a little here's a little um here's a little confession. One of the, my first uh uh pieces of material that I used to uh well, <laughs> let's just put it this way. Self masturbate <laughs> use was a picture of Jonathan Davis with around uh, with his arm around two ladies with two boobs a piece. Wait, so wait. pretty much <laughs> two. Carry the one. <laughs> four all day. Oh. <laughs> two boob four boobs respectively. Yeah. Not like not like your cool mutant with like seven legs that uh, she had to share amongst one another. <laughs> He's actually had their two separate but equal boobs, two for cool. her, two for her. Cool. And I wow. would use that. And, and this was like, for all intents and purposes, this was a picture, uh, nay, a poster of Jonathan Davis. And there just happened to be some, uh, just some boobs in the periphery. But that worked for me because that was my favorite band and those were my favorite boobs. So <laughs> nice. So those are the boobs that you carry with you all through life. Those are your absolute favorite boobs. There's no other boobs that you ever met that you like more. No, no, at the time, because I also, I didn't have many boobs to compare it to. I like those boobs the best because the other ones I saw were uh, called my mom's boobs. <laughs> oh. oh God. Uh, all right. Well, I'll tell you all, I'll tell you, oh, if you want to talk about my favorite boobs, oh. <laughs> <laughs> so you might want to sit down for this one, Michelle. Just plain. <laughs> just plain, Michelle. The date was December 25th. <laughs> <laughs> These were no inexpensive boobs. Not even doing it. <laughs> oh, my God. Mr. Potter, we needed that money to buy these boobs. <laughs> oh, my God. Uh, the boobs are in your swimming pool. They're in your... <laughs> <laughs> However, the end of that movie went. <laughs> yeah, something like that. I, I, these boobs. Uh, hey, I'm gonna need some extra angel wings to get these boobs afloat. All right. <laughs> Thank you. So, how, Hi, Michelle. What, what now? What? Oh, Hi, Michelle. Then, now what? I, I didn't go. <laughs> now I, what? I, I didn't go. I'll, I'll go. Yeah, Ryan. I say. Oh shit. <laughs> I say, and this is kind of the same thing. This is a band who uh, half of this band I definitely respect and think is great, and the other half I'm like, why didn't you just get uh, like a, a bunch of gangly monkeys on, uh, on high on goofballs? And that is the celebrated rock and roll band, the Led Zeppelin. I have tried to like Led Zeppelin so many times in my life because so many musicians that I, I just respect the heck out of have been like, yeah, big influence on us, Led Zeppelin, the, the fathers of rock and roll, Led Zeppelin, <laughs> you know, uh, fishing, fishing for sharks out of a window and then uh, having yeah, yeah. sex with underage girls involving the shark. 
Uh, Love it. That's a, a Led Zeppelin. So I think that Keith Moon, great drummer, one of the one of the great untethered rock and roll madmen of our time. John mm-hmm. Enwistle, uh, not John Enwistle, John Paul Jones, uh, their their bass player, great bass player, real good low end, real good. Uh, you know, he does the you know, however the bass guitar goes. Then you got this guy Jimmy Page, who uh, all he cares about is the devil. <laughs> he's he's yeah, one of those rock and roll like. guys that was really into the devil, but he's pretty good at playing the guitar, I guess. Then you got this screechy howler monkey called Robert Plant, and I that mm. this this is the reason why I can't understand what Led Zeppelin's appeal is. I have never heard the only voice, the only vocalist that I could compare to Robert Plant is uh uh what's that folk joan baez that that's what robert plant sounds like to me you feel like you got this amazing (laughs) rock and roll band with like a a crazy low end a crazy guitar and then over it you just got (laughs) that's my robert plant i don't know for the life of me and i you know i like screaming i like some harsh but it's just i don't I don't know what this guy's doing. I cannot enjoy it. So that's sorry. It's a good pick. Yeah. Yeah. I, yeah, definitely over like objectively overrated. I accidentally did go. I, I did go have a Led Zeppelin phase for like, I don't know for like, I don't know. I, but the fact that I can play like a number of Led Zeppelin songs on the guitar on purpose lets you know that I'm, I'm guilty, guilty as charged, but I I'll, at this point I I would never oh my to make the decision to turn Led Zeppelin on hey do you want to listen to some Led Zeppelin ugh disgusting but yeah hmm. that makes that's a good one that's a good pick my friend Thanks. I didn't know you played guitar first of all I also wanted to mention that there's a lot about me you don't know Michelle Michelle and I would have asked you to join our band <laughs> if we'd known I know too bad fuck what's the name of your band. The Bengals of Death Metal. <laughs> there you go. Yeah, well, I have my own band started with your guys, with members of your guys' other podcasts. We're called the um, we're called the Banana Rama of Death Metal. <laughs> so that's cool. No it's like no big deal. It's cool. Eh, don't worry about it. It's like no big deal. When's your guys' first gig? I mean, we already had it, so we just didn't tell you. Yeah, yeah well, <laughs> jokes on you because we actually had our, we actually had our gig before that, a little before that. Yeah. Mm, where'd you play? Yep. Uh, where'd you play? Where'd you play? Where'd you play? Where'd you play? Uh, oh. Where'd you play? This, oh, where'd you play? Now this is a chess match. <laughs> uh, this staple, sta- staple center, staple center. I played the Orpheum. Yeah, choose well, I whichever, played. Choose whichever one you want. Yeah, <laughs> well, I played the Staples Center on the moon. Our, the Earth's moon. So, I played the Orpheum on Uranus. Yeah, you, you and what army? <laughs> Me, I played with Army of Anyone, the lead singer of Filter Side Project. So. I don't, yeah. I, I don't mean to interrupt here, but I have an important question that just, <laughs> that just popped into my mind here. Yeah. Yes, Ryan. All right. What would be the best use for a Quiet Riot cover band called Diet Riot? Now, listen to me. The choices Whoa. are, all right, the choices are 
Diet Riot is either a Quiet Riot cover band where everybody is really skinny, a Quiet Riot cover band where everybody is really, really fat, or a Quiet Riot cover band where everybody is a midget. Oh, can I add one? Yeah. Can I add one? Sure. I want a Wyatt Riot. They're all dressed up like Wyatt Earp. Oh. <laughs> that's, a, that's a good one. All right. What about this? Um, a Diet Riot cover band? It's just where they're just sort of like a, a bunch of people are just sort of mingling. Hmm. Like a riot that's on a oh, diet. that's so funny. <laughs> just a little like, that's awesome. What was the <laughs> Diet Riot? Something or they, <laughs> or Diet Riot, they could right? be like very... Uh, up on their dietary, like slim fast. Like, you know how the, how Insane Clown Posse has like Fago? Yep. Like the diet, the diet riot, they have cans of slim fast that they just go, fuck yeah. And they just like blast at each other. Yeah, but slim fast you... isn't carbonated. So it would be, you'd have to, milky and you'd have to build what? like some kind of slim fast cannon to, to shoot it. <laughs> oh, <God. laughs> Terrible. <laughs> I hey guys, I I have the can okay, I have the campaign I have the campaign uh slogan for, uh, for diet riot. All right, let's hear. It. Are you guys excited? Okay. Losing my mind. <laughs> Are you sick of being round and round? Try <laughs> diet riot. You'll be so skinny, you'll be dead from a heart attack. I don't know the the ending I added, but um, you guys understood when I said round and round. Yes, that was clever. Right? No, cool. I, I got too I got too you, cocky at the end. You dirty round rat. Round worked. Oh, <laughs> oh, fucking asshole! I got the wrong band. <laughs> I totally got the wrong band. Oh, I'm an idiot. I almost got away so with funny. it. So funny. Not really. <laughs> it doesn't work. It doesn't work. It doesn't work at all. I'd like to add Black Sabbath to the list, only it's Black Sabbath with Ozzy, because I like Black Sabbath with Dio, but I don't like Black Sabbath with Ozzy. I just think it's corny. Not corny, but I just don't like it. I just, I just, I I do think it's, I think it's slightly, I've known people that are so into Black Sabbath that for me it is like, yeah, it's slightly overrated. But I do like the whole, and I've seen, I've seen, like, I've been to Ozfest a whole bunch of times, so it, I'd be hard pressed to really have too much against Black Sabbath. But I actually kind of agree with you. I do like, I do prefer the vocal stylings of uh, Dio for sure. He's really good. He sings. I'll, I'll say this: that Black Sabbath with Dio is underrated. I wouldn't call. Yeah, okay. Yes. I wouldn't call there Black Sabbath with Ozzy overrated, but it does certainly yep. eclipse what is a great era of Black Sabbath uh, with Roddy James Dio. Yep. Heaven and Hell, uh, great. If you were, if I was, if I was to see a best of Black Sabbath, not comma Ozzy, and it didn't have Heaven and Hell on it, I would be like, bullshit. I call bullshit on this. Mm -hmm. I got to see them in Minneapolis, like Tony Iommi, uh, Dio, all that. And I felt so bad because like there were these people in the audience that kept throwing plastic bottles at Ronnie James Dio because he's just, (laughs) he was this wee little guy, but he was mean. So like anytime he'd get a bottle winged at him, he'd stop the music. He'd be like, don't be a 
fucking dick like screaming at the audience he like kicked the bottles back and they kept throwing more bottles at him and eventually he just kind of like let it go people stopped eventually too but it was kind of it was interesting to watch him get combative with bottles that's the conundrum of asking people not to throw bottles at you anymore Mm -hmm. is that uh, (laughs) it's people are definitely going to take that as a sign that it's time to throw bottles at you it it emboldens the crowd you tell somebody not to do something they're going to do it i am that person it's just human nature michelle won't you please throw a bottle at me how about a can (laughs) (laughs) i was trying to do reverse psychology and it failed horribly no, I just thought you were being playful and you really wanted me to throw something at you. Keep going. Wait, Michelle, for the sake of the podcast, will you smash something valuable on your room? In for my room? Pod? Yes. Yeah, to, ple- to pledge your allegiance to this podcast. Do you want me to break As- something? Yeah, if you don't mind. Challenge. What do you want me to break? <laughs> I don't know. Do you have like an urn, ideally? <laughs> All right, what you got? All right, she's great. Okay. She's looking around. She's got the. She is about to smash an actual chair into her television. Oh my God. She literally just smashed the light above her head. She threw the. Oh my God. Dun, dun, dun. This is like when fucking Stone Cold would like break Monday into night the ring. Oh my God. Jeez. Oh. Yeah, Monday Night Raw. That's what, that that's what so she called good. her date with the butcher. Wow. Stop with the butcher. No. No. no you always no, got to no. come full. You always got to come full circle. Comedy 101. I know, buddy. I know. You're good. Call back. <laughs> you're good. You're good. You're good. You're good. You're good. That was crazy. Michelle, people might think I'm making this up. She, she, she honestly, I, it would <laughs> seem she doesn't even have a fuck left to give. Ooh. The way she just smashed her own chair. She smashes her own chair. I never understood that. I've got zero fucks to give, governor. <laughs> <laughs> what the fuck? You guys, this podcast is deteriorated. I call it right here. This podcast has completely deteriorated. It's falling apart. But we got through all the topics. We find, we hey, we we've gotten through our contractual obligations. <laughs> yeah. We're done. Hooray. Hooray! That was a hooray for what a good job we did, not that we're done. Oh, yeah, hooray! of course, Brian. I would never want to celebrate the ending of the cast recording. You know? It's bittersweet. Yeah, and until next... <laughs> wow, Matt. Matt's and, uh, like... and, and until next time... No. <laughs> There's not going to be a next time. What? That's the most ominous thing anybody could say right now. There's not going to be guys- a next time. I'm calling it right here. Next episode, any of y'all get soft on me, I'm going to be pissed, and I'm going to walk right off this cast. We're done. No more sincerity. We're done. Yeah. Let's let's put yeah. on airs. I'm ready to put on some goddamn airs. I'm ready to start being a be bastard. A, I don't want to be a person. <laughs> I want to be a persona. Yeah. Persona. Persona non grata. Yeah. Fuck grata. <laughs> Fuck you, Grana. That's why it swings. All right, so this is the this is the dirty stayouts putting on their podcast uh, and chapstick. Of course, you do it. He's got to do it. Of course. <laughs> no. <laughs> <laughs>
Michelle, what am I doing? Oh, it's so waxy. No! <laughs> Michelle, what am I? Michelle, what am I doing? Something that's gonna get you some stomach trouble a little later, Matt Woodland. Does it taste good, Matt? Does it taste good, Ryan? You're gonna swallow that. Michelle, I know what am you, I doing? Thank God your girlfriend's in the next room. I saw her. She'll be able to save you if you do anything. No! Do you actually know that people do that to their teeth to help them smile a little easier? So you're golden. <laughs> do it. Michelle, what am I doing? Crazy, Matt Woodland. You're so what, crazy. what are we doing, Michelle? Look what Ryan did. Ryan! <laughs> Ryan! There's no way to get a COVID test. Now you've got to beat that, Matt. Now you've got to beat that. Now you've got to beat that. Where else can you put it? All right, I'm going to jam this all the way into my <laughs> oh, eye. No, don't do that. Ow!